You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. For all NBA NBA warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What up? It's Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast with Justin and Nat. So let me tell y'all a little story real quick. Justin and I, last night, and tonight is Wednesday, the day that the Lakers just lost game two to the Grizzlies, just so we're clear about which day it is and when we're recording this. So it's immediately after that game. Um... Yeah, they catching strays because they had a little bit too much to say about us in our series. Like, they had theirs in hand. So, anywho, um, we recorded a mailbag. Guys, we recorded one yesterday and answered all of your questions. And we talked about potential lineups. And, you know, we did all of that. And then about 30 minutes, maybe, after we finished recording, I don't even know if it was that long. The news dropped about Dre being suspended, right? And, you know, so one, we didn't feel comfortable dropping the mailbag just because some of the stuff we said, not all of it, but some of it was in the context of Dre still playing. But we did actually address the fact that, oh, we're, we're happy that Dre is going to get to play because based on the reports from Shams earlier in the day, it seemed that Draymond was just going to be fined. And we were going to be moving on with the series. And then the league drops this bombshell. And Draymond suspended for game three. It caught everyone off guard, including Shams who reported it, including the Warriors. Like, it, you could tell. Like, even all of the people who we know and trust around the Warriors, um, the, the, the people that closely follow them, Tim Kawakami, <laughs> you know, like, all of the people we know to be like tapped in and in tune with the Warriors, like we're surprised by this. Everyone thought that it would be a fine. So um, yeah, that happened. But Justin fell asleep early or something, you know, Justin be getting into things. So, um, but he was not available. Wow. (laughs) No, he, look, we just, we needed time, honestly, to process this. And um, so we could come back. So that's why we didn't drop the mailbag. We're still going to drop it because there's still relevant questions in there. And not everything we said is no longer like applicable, but we just thought we couldn't just drop it like that because it wouldn't make sense anymore. So we want to at least provide this context. We'll talk about the Dre suspension a little bit. And then immediately following, you'll get the the, the mailbag that we had. 
And we'll try to right now anticipate some questions you may have because Dre is out. Um, and then, you know, game, game, game three tomorrow, game three. So by the time y'all will be listening to this, it will be the day of game three. So let's get to it, Justin. When did you find out that Dre would be suspended? Um, not long after everyone else did, like my phone was on do not disturb. And then I checked it around like maybe midnight ish, you know, and I saw it and I just rolled my eyes and just kind of went to bed and just like, I'm thinking about this tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw it and I was like, hmm, the, the well, first when Shams tweeted, like, it's unlikely that Draymond receives a suspension. Like when I read that notification, I kind of read it fast. So my I kind of like stopped a little bit and then I read it and I was like, oh, okay. Like, you know. We good. And then, and yeah, we good. And then I saw that and I was like, whoa, because I'm thinking there's no way Shams is wrong about this. Right. Something <laughs> happened because he doesn't just get things like this wrong. And, right. you know, something happened. Crazy. We'll never know, but bullshit so yeah immediately kind of pissed and it's like half of you you're like mad that Draymond would take it to that extent and stomp on a guy and stuff and the other half is like I mean he's already served a punishment right he gets ejected from the game with more than half of the quarter still left in play the Warriors are in the middle of a run a big run they end up tying it still and have a chance to win but you can make the assumption that if he's playing, they have a better chance to win and they might end up winning that game. Right. So he's already cost them a game. Now you put them at a disadvantage for the next game. That just seems a bit excessive to me. And there's other avenues you could have taken to punish him even more. Like, like you said, a fine. So it just, it just seems like BS to me. Yeah. I mean, it really, I, I was pissed, Justin. So it's probably better that we had a day to like take some time and think about it. Cause I was like really legit angry. I didn't even tweet about it right away. I like retweeted some things and I was just scrolling the TL, but I was really upset. I was mad. Um, and it, it feels, it feels so reminiscent to 2016. Right. I mean, cause I mean, we were in the mailbag talking about, I'm so glad we know so we don't have to be sitting in anticipation waiting. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are things, guys, we said. Um, and thinking like it wasn't happening, you know, and talking about how scared we were that he would be suspended because of how triggered we are from 2016. And so, um, you know, for history to sort of be repeating itself, um, I was mad. I was annoyed. And I like, there is someone, maybe it's the commissioner that just really wants to see the Warriors over because to me, from the outside looking in, what it sounds like to me, if Shams felt comfortable enough to report that it was unlikely, that means someone stepped in and was still behind the scenes Mm -hmm. advocating and pushing and someone who had enough power or something to get the decision to change. Yep. I agree. Does it ain't, ain't Draymond and Joe Dumars kind of close? They are. But Joe Dumars also has connections to the Sacramento Kings. 
Hmm. But, and but <laughs> he used to work in with like some he was with them, I think. Um, I don't remember exactly in what capacity, but I mean, Joe Dumars also has people that he has to answer to. Right. So, I so, mean, I, I definitely agree. It's something a little fishy going on there. Yeah. It's just unfortunate. Because why would you want to do this to the team? By the way, the highest rated game from over the weekend was the Warriors. Game one. Not, not surprised. It, like, I just don't understand. And then also, like, how are you explaining this to your partners? You think your partners want Draymond Green suspended? You think your partners want a short series for the Warriors? I mean, I'm I am truly astonished by this decision. And I, I think what Draymond did after he was ejected probably pushed it over the top. But the thing is, that's the type of stuff that makes the NBA great and creates rabid fan bases and rivalries. And that's what makes that's what drives ratings and entertainment, right? villains and heroes right you're you seeing your team as the heroes and the other team as the villains and you know you sitting down in front of that tv in front of that laptop or whatever every single game to watch your team take down the villains like that is what that's what makes the nba so popular not suspending guys because he's getting into it with the fans who's probably calling him all type of crazy craziness he returns the energy back to them he's not punching anybody like um like Malice in the Palace, you know what I'm saying? He flipped a few people off, which is, you know, whatever, fine him for that. But what he's doing is the same thing he did with Memphis last year, the whole whoop that trick thing. People love that. They want to see that. You know, they want to see these guys get into it with the other team, with the other organizations, with the other fans, because that's what drives competition. That's like, that's what makes it fun. So it's just a watering down of, of a league that it just it just doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense if they want to push more popularity and more authenticity with the whole thing. No, this is why I say I think it's someone who's over the Warriors and has something personal with them. I mean, you look at like some of the CBA stuff too that happens and you know, who is that targeted at? Who is that designed? Look at mm -hmm. what they did with um, you know, the Wiggins rule for All-Star. I mean, just there's True. just all these targeted things at the Warriors, you know? Um, so. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about it like that. All those different situations that it's become more clear now. Yeah. So people are over them. I understand. But it's just like, to me, it's just so plain as day that there's like some bias and some stuff going on here. So. I'm just like, how are you going to do this? Like, you know, so it, listen, the suspension has happened. I, in this moment in time, I'm not mad in this moment. Like I'm mad at the situation, but it's like, I've processed it. I've dealt with it. And now it's time to kind of move forward and focus on game three, which is tomorrow. But I, I think it's some straight up bullshit, you know? And I'm not saying that like Draymond's actions were justified his actions cannot be justified though. I can't really say I wouldn't have done the same thing to be honest. Um, I would have reacted in some way. Maybe I wouldn't have right. stopped, but I would have definitely reacted. And right. so, um, you know, 
it's just, uh, it's a really unfortunate situation because Steph doesn't deserve this. His teammates don't deserve it. And you're penalizing all of them. Um, but on some level, you know, some people would say the Warriors organization has enabled Draymond, <laughs> you know, to, to carry mm -hmm. on with the behavior that he does. And as a result, this is what happens sometimes and, and, and you got to deal with it. So, but we can acknowledge that whether you think Draymond went too far, it was excessive. It was um, reckless. It was like, he needs to exhibit more mindfulness, whatever you want to call it. Like those things can all be true. And it still also be true that the league went too far. Mm -hmm. They went too far. And oh. so that's, you know, how I feel about the suspension itself. But the Warriors do have a very pivotal, <laughs> you know, game three to play tomorrow, Justin. And so my first question is, do you believe the Warriors can win that game? For sure. I think they can win it. Um, it's going to take some creativity from Steve Kerr. Um, it's going to take more minutes than um, usual for Kevon Looney, for sure. Um, and it's probably going to take Steph, Clay, and Jordan Poole having really good offensive games. Wiggins. But definitely. Yeah, Wiggins as well. Um, I think for sure, for, for sure, Wiggins offensively, but Wiggins and Gary in particular defensively have to be amazing. Yep. Um, because they got to make up for the lack of Draymond behind them. So, you know, they just, they got to, they got to stop Fox and Monk. Um, and it's definitely possible. It's definitely possible. They shot themselves in the foot two games in a row. I think they should have beat them by 20 last game, to be honest. Nine turnovers in the first quarter, six turnovers in the third quarter. You cut those in half, you probably win pretty handily. And yeah, they just got to take care of the ball. And I think they got a pretty good shot. So my guess is, oh, well, not my guess. Draymond's not there. The ball's going to be in Steph's hands a lot. Um, mm -hmm. For the for the lineup, do you think they start Jordan Poole or they start Gary Payton the second and Poole still comes off the bench? I think they start Gary Payton because um, if you – when you don't start Jamon, it kind of it moves um, Wiggins to Harrison Barnes because no one else can really like match him physically. They put Steph on Harrison Barnes sometimes, but I think in that when that starter group, Steph goes to like Murray or Herder or one of those two. So you got to start Gary to guard Fox, and then you put Wiggins on one of those bigger forwards. Whereas if you start Jordan Poole, the matchups defensively are just like out of whack a little bit. So um, yeah, I will start Gary. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Kerr says they know what they're going to do, but they're not going to reveal it, obviously. So we'll find out. But, um, you they know. They might start Kaminga. Huh? They might start Kaminga. Yeah. It's always an option. That's true. That is an option. I expect that we will definitely see Kaminga again, though, because, you know, um, you know, Trey is out. So, but I just, do you think he's going to keep the rotation tight or because they're at home, try to see if he can get something out of someone else? I mean, Moody may see time, but outside of Moody, do you think any, do you think we're going to see the person who shall not be named? Do you think, um, 
we're going to see another Jermichael Green appearance. <laughs> I hope not. I feel like they got to try to get it done with, you know, um, their their main playoff rotation or who it's intended to be with the addition of Moody. I think it should be those guys and that's it. Yeah, I don't think we'll see Hughes should not be named. Um, might see Jermichael, but he might get one or two possessions and they see what's going on and they might they might pull him. But he if not, one of those games where he makes threes, I don't know. Right, because they're playing at home, so who knows? <clears throat> um, might just see a lot of Kaminga at the five. Well, not a lot, but whenever Looney's not in the game, Kaminga at the five and just see how that works because that could potentially be pretty good for them depending on how well he rebounds, but he has to rebound. That's one of the big reasons why he isn't playing more because he's not grabbing a ton of boards, but offensively, he can, you know, you can go five out with him there and he can crash and and slash and, and, you know, cut for dunks and stuff like that. So it can spread Sacramento out in a way that they haven't been able to in the first two games of the series. So in a way, splitting Draymond and Looney up, which we discussed would probably yeah. be best going forward anyway, having them, having one of them on the court at all times uh, is going to just open up their offense a little bit more because the Kings know that those two aren't scoring threats. So they just load up on everybody else. Yeah, um, that's what I was going to say. I think, you know, while many things that we said about lineups assumed Dre was playing, what needs to happen individually for each player, whether that be um, um, Andrew Wiggins or – I'm sorry, I'm seeing here that my um, <laughs> my laptop is low. I'm trying to get my charger. But um, whether it's, uh, you know, Andrew Wiggins and posting up more, those are things that still need to happen, right? So it's like, we kind of said individual things that need to happen, as well as just like, what they, you know, how they need to play, what they need to do. And, you know, Mm -hmm. cutting down on the turnovers was one of those big things. (laughs) putting the ball in Steph's hands, running some more pick and roll. That's going to now, you know, happen. Except that, you know, he won't be able to do it with Trey. So like, what, what are they, how are they going to address that? Um, I think they should do whether Dre's there or not, they should do more guard to guard pick and rolls, to be honest, or pick and pops him and clay. Like you're going to get a good shot out of it. Nine times out of 10, because if clay's man switches onto you, it's most likely herder or somebody like that, if they switch it, Steph can cook Herter all day. If they don't switch it and they kind of trap it, you get Clay either an open three or you get a downhill opportunity where he can make a play for somebody else. Um, Steph screening for other people typically yields positive results. Uh, I would usually do it for um, somebody that can get downhill. So Jordan, if, if Steph screens and two people stay with Steph, Jordan can get downhill, get a layup. Wiggins can get downhill, get a dunk. Kaminga can get a dunk. So I think they should just explore that a little bit more. Um, but Loon was making some good decisions out of it as well. And they are less um, less active in the passing lane when Loon's setting the screen. One, because he sets solid, more solid screens than Draymond does. Um, and two, he's a bigger target to pass to. So Steph usually doesn't have as much issues giving the ball to Loon in the role. And then they play off him a little bit more so he can get one dribble in and just kind of pick where he wants to pass to. So I think they should still have a lot of success in the pick and roll. And I think they should try to look to ISO Steph a little bit more, get him 
you know, on a wing by himself with anybody really. But I mean, try to get Davion off of him. But even if it's Davion, he can score on him too. So more ISOs, more step screens, more guard to guard screens. Yeah. So there you have it. I mean, listen to the mailbag, check it out. Many of the things we said still apply. Um, I think they rally. I think they rally behind this. They get the W and then you get Draymond back for game four. What I just hope doesn't happen. And I mean, it's a slightly different situation, but last time when Draymond came back from the suspension in 2016, he didn't like play like himself, you know? Um, And they won't have room for that. Um, But another big, huge difference in this series versus then is that Steph isn't compromised. And I always say that, like, the Draymond injury was more impactful because Steph was compromised. So not that Mm -hmm. he wasn't important and that you didn't need him, but they didn't just really kind of have the ability to say, okay, Steph, you go to work, you go do it, you go win it for us because he's compromised. Um, And that will always be the biggest thing that really hurt them in 2016. You can have a compromised Steph, but as long as you have, like, your other pieces, you can probably still get it done. When you take away a key piece, Plus, he's compromised. And as the series wore on, it just became too much to overcome. So, mm-hmm. you know, they have to win game three. <laughs> so, you know, my hope is that they're coming out there with that mindset. They'll be at home. They'll have Chase behind them. I expect all of the guys to play better. So, one game at a time. But let's go get that W. And then... You get Dre back and you do what you have to do. But I want by Sunday for it to be tied 2-2 because people are already writing the Warriors obituary, you know, and dancing and celebrating. Mm -hmm. And how just amazing and fabulous would that be? Uh, Y'all thought they were out of it and it's a a series that's tied. So Mm -hmm. um, at some point, I'm sorry, like, Shout out to De'Aaron Fox. He just won, you know, Clutch Player of the Year, the inaugural award, all that. Kudos to you. But, like, I'm sorry. Like, the Kings are not that good. They're not that superior. They're not superior to Golden State at all. Um, Definitely not in terms of talent, even if you want to say they're playing better right now. But, like, just, no. You're not getting, like, swept and all of this stuff from a team that's like this. You know, Steph has never played less than six games. You know, like it just, this feels like really would be a crazy way, in my opinion, for it to like end. It just, it doesn't feel right. At some point, like the ties mm-hmm. have to turn. Like it's mm-hmm. rare that a series is so one-sided like that, you know, especially when teams are, are so close, right? Even if you right. say like a team beats themselves and does low IQ stuff, even like the Timberwolves, right? That series was able, did that one six last year, right? Mm-hmm. even though they did all kinds of stupid shit, but just because the talent level is comparable. So like, you're not going to convince me when the best player on the court is on the Warriors that, you know, exactly they're, they're done and they're out of it. So. And I mean, I think this is a huge swing game. If they, obviously if the Kings win this, the series is more or less over. Like no one comes back from three zero is a first time for everything, but series more or less over but if the Warriors win it without Draymond I think that's a huge momentum 
you know, that can propel them into game four, even if Draymond isn't 100% himself. Um, they can still rally again at home, you know, because what well, he came back for a road game, right? Yeah, it was a road game. Yeah. Um, so he comes back at home. At home, and you know that the crowd will be behind him. Yes. All right. So that's a good opportunity right there. And then I think if it's 2 2 going back to Sacramento, you know, it's going to get a little tight. Yeah, I was just about to say that. It's going to get a little tight on that side. So huge game, must win, obviously. Um, But, yeah, I think this could potentially decide the series. I don't want to think too far ahead, but, yeah. Well, there you have it. That's what we think. So thanks for tuning in with us. We appreciate you. We're looking forward to the the game. Um, You're tuned in and listening to Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast. With Justin and Nat, make sure you subscribe, download, share, tell a friend, family member, uh, leave us a review, only positive, uh, give us five-star ratings <laughs> on Apple, Spotify, <laughs> and make sure you are following us on Twitter and Instagram at Golden Spaces Pod. Guys, let's get this. Let's go, Dub Nation. Get the W. Until next time, y'all. For all NBA NBA Warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What up? It is Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast. And we are coming to you with this playoff mailbag for Warriors Kings. Thank you for tuning in with me and Justin. Me is Natalie. And um, yeah, we've had a chance to unpack and unwind after the uh, second loss of the series. Warriors down 0-2 in this series. Um, If you tuned into the last episode... You may have heard me a little heated. I mean, Justin was, but, you know, I probably definitely topped him for profanity. So I ain't going to apologize because I am who I am. But we're calmer today. We're of calmer minds. So we wanted to circle back. A lot of questions. A lot of people having thoughts on this. So we're going to do our best to try to help you answer those questions. So y'all, y'all sent us a lot. So we definitely appreciate it. And we will... uh go ahead and get right into it. So let's see. Queen Safro. I don't know. That's the the Twitter name. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, so I apologize, Queen. Um, Handle at bold heroin? Heroin? I don't know. I'm probably butchering that, but we just gonna call you Queen, okay? So thanks for the question, Queen. That that just feels a lot easier. So Queen says, Justin, she looking ahead to the uh, off season. I hope you're looking ahead with us getting the W, Queen, but um, and and winning and getting another ring. Yeah, that's but crazy. She says, seeing the out coaching that has occurred so far in the playoffs, are there any defensive minded assistant coaches? You think Golden State Warriors, Kerr, 
should be targeting to appoint this off season. I'll stop there because she has a second part to her question. But um, I, Justin, I don't know about you, but I did always think that they should have replaced Mike Brown. Um, and Vogel was one of the people who I thought that they should have thought to add. Um, and it should be noted that I think Kenny Atkinson is on the short list for a job, right? Wasn't he going to be interviewing with somewhere I thought recently? I can't remember which team it is though. I can't remember either. Is it Houston? I think it might be Houston or, um, But did Detroit. Houston just hire? Didn't they just hire? Where did, no, where did Snyder go? To Atlanta? Yeah, he's in Atlanta right now. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All these teams. So yeah, it's probably Houston. Um, so they're going to have to, I mean, you can promote from within. So I don't know if there's coaches already on the staff they want to promote, but you already lost Mike Brown and there's a chance you could lose Atkinson. Um, doesn't mean he'll take it. We know Atkinson is, uh, he agreed to to go to Charlotte and then changed his mind. And I, 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 the only reason I say that is because I feel like, it's also dysfunction in Houston. So I don't know if he'll actually go there, but I mean, I feel like if you lose him too, you definitely got to look to replace some coaches. So um, we also know Houston's coach who departed (laughs) will also Mm -hmm. be available, but I don't know. Is he known as a defensive or offensive minded coach? Do you know? Steven Silas? I'm not sure. He just seemed like a vibes coach. I mean, he also seems like he really was into like building winning habits and stuff like that. And and the young guys on that team just didn't have any intention of following his lead. So he might be better suited for a veteran team. But I agree with you. And I agreed at the time that they should probably have looked at Frank Vogel. Um, that's a really defensive-minded coach. He had led the Lakers, you know, as a head coach. And they had the best defense in the league that year. So I think he can definitely add some things to the staff. Um, He's been in the news for the wrong things lately, but I, Ime Udoka. No, 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 Ime. Oh, yeah, nah, Justin. We're not talking about him. No. We <laughs> we just dealt with this whole season of Anthony Lamb, and now you want to bring a man in who harasses women? No. Harass- not- oh, my bad. I didn't know he was harassing women. I thought he was just like an adulterer. I mean. That's, it. that's, that's a form of harassment in a way. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't want to get too technical and off track because a lot of people do view it like you did. And I don't want to say that that's wrong. But, you know, because I'm an employment lawyer, I view it through the lens of like true the power dynamics and the work relationship. And so there is no such thing as consent (laughs) in those dynamics. But also, you know, there was more than one woman and one of the women did say that the advances were unwelcome. like. And that's the thing, like she could have consented and then they became unwelcome later. It also may not be the same person because there's more than one woman. So it was all pretty like fuzzy, but. So yeah, no, no email. It's just too, too much. We just can't, we can't deal with any more drama. So yeah, (laughs) I'm a, you know, people bring him up. I'm a pass on him, but um, I like Vogel. I don't know if they're going to even pursue it, but you know. We will see, Queen. We will see. But you know what? I feel like we need to focus right now on the here and now. Yeah. I was just going to say, it looks like Nick Nurse might be out in Toronto soon, so. Oh. 
Yeah, he's a psycho, though. Doesn't he wear mm-hmm. on players? As a head coach. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, he's definitely a psycho, but I guess if he's under someone, it doesn't matter. Right, right. And he devised a pretty potent defense with that Toronto Raptors team, even though, you know, certain moments they got a little gimmicky and Kerr kind of bit some of that. Like in recent years, they went boxing one and all this type of stuff. So Nurse is kind of he's he's creative when it comes to it, at least. So he'd be on my list too. You know, yeah, no, I think that's a good suggestion. I, the one thing I want to say though about Silas, I just want to go back to him really quickly. Um, he comes from the pop tree, and I don't think he really got like a fair shake he in didn't. Houston. He was trying to kind of give him a raw deal. So again, I don't. I've just always heard he's super intelligent and like, you know, to me, you know, especially as a black coach, I feel like going, coming into organization, like, I mean, he was already in one, like, you know, kind of great organization, but he's obviously going to have to like rebuild, you know, because of what happened. So to me, going somewhere good, like a golden state is probably ideal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's going to be probably a little ahead in terms of their system just coming from, like, the Spurs. So I just feel like he's worth taking a look at just because there's sort of those, um, you know, those other things he brings to the table that are, like, you know, not just, like, oh, defense or offense, but just kind of someone who will kind of understand culture and system and that kind of thing. For sure. I agree. Um, Okay. So Queen's second question, bonus question, which out of um, these have been more of an issue um, referring to the the playoff series? Poor execution, carelessness, or a lack of um, Q1 urgency? Justin, I'm going to let you take the first two, but, you know, I'm going to say that I don't feel that there was like a lack of Q1 urgency. You know, I I felt like at least in both games, they came to play. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now, there was definitely a lot of carelessness (laughs) and no execution. But I don't think it's a mindset like, for the most part, that they didn't like show up to play. I mean, they were in control for most of game one, right? Mm -hmm. And then I almost feel like, their desire in game two to kind of like, I don't know, run the frenetic pace. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, the Kings sort of like beat them at their own game, right? Like in terms of the pace. And so most teams can't keep up with that pace, but the Kings sort of can. And, um, or at least they have to this point. And, I feel like it was just, you know, they were careless, but I feel like it was also forcing the Warriors into, like, a lot of mistakes, you know, because they were just trying to keep pace. Like, they would do something fast, and so it's like, I I feel like the Kings were controlling the pace, really, of, like, how they played, what they did, how it went, and normally the Warriors can keep pace, but also the Warriors are a little older now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, you know... I'm not saying that they still shouldn't play fast and I know they're going to want to run and get out and transition, but 
the Kings definitely got more buckets in transition as we discussed on the pod. Um, sure. they, you know, they just can't, they, they have taken more advantage of that play style than the Warriors have been able to. And so, but I don't think it's a matter of them coming and not, um, you know, kind of having play. Urgency or showing up in, in the, in, in, in the first quarter. So that's my thoughts mm-hmm. on that. Yeah, I think um, kind of like execution and carelessness kind of go hand in hand, right? Like if you're, if you're, and I wouldn't even say it's like as much as carelessness, it's more like recklessness, like, or just trying. And I, and I kind of went on a rant on Twitter about this today. It's like the Warriors are playing this series as if they know that the Kings are going to make mistakes and the Kings just aren't making those mistakes as much as they thought. Right. Like you play a team like Memphis last year in the playoffs, they're a young team and they kind of are a lower IQ team compared to the Kings, whereas the Kings, um, you know, they got a bunch of guys that have been in the league for a while. Like they might not have been in the playoffs, but they've been in the league for a while. Monk and Fox, I want to say they're they're in their fifth year or something like that. Herder's been to the playoffs. HB's won a championship. Mike Brown's won a championship. Sabonis has been in the playoffs before. I'm pretty sure Trey Lyles has been in the playoffs. Like all these guys have been there before. They're not your typical young team. Um, so the Warriors are making some of these passes and just kind of playing at a not as at a place at a pace, but just playing with a sense of like hubris. Like they're not gonna you're not gonna steal this pass. Like I make this pass all the time against young young guys like you. Like you're not gonna steal this, you're not gonna hit this shot and stuff like that, and they're getting burned by it. Um, as far as like the actual pace of the game, I think the Kings are getting out and running more than the Warriors because the the Warriors are turning the ball over. Live ball because, turnovers. Yeah, like just careless, reckless passes that aren't really there, or like it's there by a slither of space and it's just not it's not getting through. Um and there were just like a few possessions early in the in the first quarter of game two where the Kings literally just stole it from them because they weren't even paying attention. Like Clay. That type of stuff is like I can't I can't just say they can't play fast because they're just doing dumb stuff like that, right? When the Warriors get a stop on them and go back the other way, they usually get something good going. So I can't I can't say the Warriors can't play fast with them. They led the league in pace this season, so they should be able to keep up the speed. But they're making more of the mistakes, and that's why I'm saying like you might need to slow things down a little bit if you're not able to like keep up at that pace and and not make the mistakes. The Warriors are best when they're playing fast and when they're getting out in transition, but they're struggling. They're struggling to do that against these Kings. Yeah. I actually think when they're hesitating and they're trying to think things a little bit too hard, that's when they're making a lot of their mistakes. Like Draymond will get it and hold it. And he's just like waiting for somebody to get open. And they're running all like Steph and Claire running and running and running. And he thinks he sees a pass that's open. And then he tries to throw it and then it's picked off or something like that. Or Clay would drive and Draymond's man would just come over and double. And then Clay's like thinking, 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 okay, now I'll pass it. Picked off. It's like when they make the quick decision, quick, decisive decision and live with the results, they typically get something good going. And there's, I mean, their style of play, they pass the ball so much that you're naturally going to get some turnovers there, but some of them are just like completely inexcusable and they just got to tighten those up. And I think they'll be fine. 20 turnovers last game, man. Um, we talked about this, though, too, on the spaces that we did. Um, 
in terms of the the poise of of the kings and um i had said like i don't think they like unlike the grizzlies or the wolves i think they're just a more poised team and I, we said that before the the mm -hmm. series even started you know and i think their coach is a better coach and so sure. um with more experience and so i just did not anticipate them making the same mistakes like some of those other teams wouldn't do and that's that's what we're watching right now like they aren't the best defensive team um i took the time to rewatch the first quarter of game two like not too long ago and the warriors were kind of dicing them up when they weren't turning the ball over right but they they just kept turning the ball over and you kept the game close. And sure enough, the Kings had a run in them. They went on that run and they just kind of sustained their lead um, up until the end where the Warriors ended up tying it, but they pulled away at the end without Draymond. But yeah, they we're seeing the poise. We're seeing the quote unquote, like experience for most of their roster is shining through. They just don't get very rattled, but yeah, it could be because they're at home, but they've been at home. Maybe if it's in Chase Center, it's a little different. But so far, they've handled everything that the Warriors have thrown at them. Well, yeah, and they had a they were until I think near the basically very end of the season, they were like the only team in the West with a winning road record. And so right. I think maybe the Clippers caught them. So um yeah. Uh, you know. Credit the Kings, you know? Um, all right, let's, let's move on. Um, I'm going to jump around here a little bit because I do want to touch on this next question. Um, and this is also a two-part question. What do y'all think of Mike Brown's presser comments about Stomp Gates? <laughs> and do you think it was part of their plan to bait Dre? So there's actually two questions in that number one question. Justin, when you and I recorded, we were like, we don't think Mike Brown is the type of guy to like try to push for a suspension through all that. Like we just dismissed it as though it was not even a fact. Like Uncle Mike. And lo and little did we know, like as we were saying that at the same time, Mike Brown. <laughs> Mike Brown was doing his presser, putting in nasty work, you know? Mm. It'll be interesting to see what the league does after they review it. What? I, like, honestly, I think that's wild. Yeah. And, and everyone is saying to me, well, what do you expect him to do? Like, of course, he's going to go to bat for them. You know, oh, it's, 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 uh business is not personal no fuck that it's personal i never really understand when people say that like it's business it's not personal like i get what you're saying but like if you do some shit to wrong me it's fucking personal <laughs> like it, it's personal so i mean the reason i'm saying that because it's like we've all had instances with people who we were down with we were cool with you know and something happens like, look at the way that Darren Fox played that situation. He was asked about it in his post game, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, that's our teammate." Da 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 da. He gave some sort of generic answer, but he has a rapport with Draymond too, and he answered it in a way where it's like, "Yeah, I got some bonuses back," but didn't really like go in on Dre and left it like that, right? 
Mm-hmm. He did not angle for no suspension for the league to look. So when people are telling me Mike Brown had to do that, he did not have to do that. Right. And I'm like, the Warriors actually never do that. Even when teams have like done really grimy stuff, even when Dylan, um, Dylan Brooks did whatever he did. Like, I mean, they were like, yo, this was bad. This is this. But they never, ever asked the league. Or went to league for a suspension. And I don't I, I don't remember what series it was. It might have been in the Cavs, one of those Cavs series, but something happened. I can't remember. And they explicitly said, no, 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 we don't want XYZ players suspended. Like they went out of their way to like state that. Mm-hmm. So when people are sitting up here saying, like, what do you expect? I'm like, I expect him to be like, you know, defend his player, but like you were a part of this team. Like, these are people you know. You really trying to get Draymond suspended? I thought that shit was whack, yo. Yeah, I really did. It is a little whack, to be honest. Like, if you beat a team, I want I want all your players there, available, healthy, like, so we can say we beat your full team. Like, to be like, yeah, like, I hope you don't play next game. Whack. That's yeah. whack. And people would like, be like, you do the same thing. No, I wouldn't. I mean, it's obviously, it's not the highest levels of competition. But, like, when and, I used to step, and I was, like, a step mistress, like, we took that shit seriously. Like, we traveled all over, like, the country and competed. And we were undefeated. But let me tell you something. Sometimes, like, we just beat some people who were, like, whack. But I wanted to make sure we also did competitions where we went against the other top teams in the country. Because, like, when we were winning, we were undefeated. I want to be able to say I beat all the top teams. Like, to me, I'm like, how is that not your mindset? Like, I've always thought it was whack. The Cavs trying to get people suspended. I'm just like, you the GOAT, but this is what you want to do? You know what I'm saying? Like, I I think it's really whack. I I do. I don't have any other way to describe it. And to me, if you doing that, that means you still don't feel safe with your 2-0 lead. You still don't feel confident with that if you got to do that. Mm-hmm. I would say it's a little scary. It's a little scary. You acting, you acting a little scary, Mike. It's cool, though. And you know what Kudo. else? Like, again, look, people could be like, whatever. You know, Draymond Green does all the stuff that he does. So, because I'm just like, Like, I know the Warriors can't have liked all the shenanigans that went on after all the the X-ray and da-da-da-da. I mean, Dre was petty with it, too, and came back with, like, you know, had his people come out with it. He's going to get an X-ray. But, you know, for those who don't know, because I'm just, like, making references, um, it was reported that after the game, by the way, after Sabonis, you know, it was really interesting because he did two post-game interviews, Justin. So he had the one right after on TNT where he's just like, oh, it's fine. I'm good. I'm well. He's just like, you know, all of this. It's the playoffs. He said. (laughs) (laughs) And then all of a sudden later, it's, there's no place for this. There's no place for this in the league. And, and you know, I'm just trying to protect myself and I, I don't remember and all of this bullshit, but it was just this tone of like trying to really go in. And when you combine that with what Mike Brown said, I said, oh, this is what we trying to do. This is, this is their plan. And so like that cannot sit well with the Warriors, you know? And like, those are the kinds of things, like you do stuff like that 
And now you wake up people. They mm-hmm. were ready, but like now you wake up people. And if the Warriors do end up winning the next four, I feel like in part you can thank some of those bullshit shenanigans for that. Uh, I agree. We saw <laughs> we saw Draymond in in the face of the crowd, similar to what he did last year in Memphis, right where they were losing, and he got ejected or not get ejected, but um, he's he's getting himself amped up and all that type of stuff, and it, that energy is transferred through the rest of the team. Um, I legitimately think they just need to focus up a little bit more and they can beat this team fairly, I wouldn't say easily, but they're the better team. So but that yeah. was just, this is weird. It's very Karen, Karen-ish behavior by Sabonis. Also considering that he instigated the entire thing by pulling on Clay's jersey, almost pulling him down, almost kicking Clay in the face, then grabbing Draymond's leg and holding on to it for a second and then trying to act like, He's, I'm just protecting myself. I am Why are you falling, bro? People that said it was clear he was trying to cover his face. He almost immediately went, let go of Draymond's leg. This is what people said. Immediately. I was, Dre literally was tugging his foot. Right. And Justin, you know, like, I'm not someone who is view on this podcast praising Dre up and down and 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 copping pleas for him and making excuses for all of his behavior, you know, because I still think like he was reckless, you know, with what yeah, he did definitely. and selfish. But that being said, that being said, Justin, I'm gonna tell you, the Jamaican in me gets it because I probably would have responded the same way. Right, like get the fuck off my leg, get off me, bro. Like, <laughs> first of all, why are you falling? Clay's boxing you out. There's no reason why you're falling. This is the type of shit that Sabonis does. I started to realize it more and more. He does a little, um, like, illegal screen things where he kind of, like, gives you a little extra on the screens. He flops a lot. If there's a small guard or a guard near him trying to box him out, he's, oh, oh. It's like, dude, you're the biggest dude in the court. He flops a lot, falls around, tries to act like he's getting hurt or guys are, like, throwing extra contact and stuff. And... It was 100% calculated what he did with Draymond. He was doing shit like that throughout the entire game. He's going to continue to do stuff like that. That's just kind of like the player that I'm starting to realize that he is. Small tendencies. He's Serious a grifter. Small tendencies. Serious. He's a grifter. And those guys, they don't win in the end, ever. No. So and you know what? Keep someone, that in mind. someone said, um, yeah, you know, he, he tested the right one. Because if Draymond did that to someone else, I said, hold on. I said, what I think it is, is that he fucked around and found out. Because right. I don't think I don't think he's going to be pulling on nobody's leg no more. I tell you that. And you see across the league, everybody tweeting, all these players, like, I did the same thing. You, he's grabbing Draymond's leg. And it makes you think, like, is Sabonis got a, does Sabonis have a reputation around the league as a guy who's doing little grifty shit like this? And right. so all these other players are, like, coming to Draymond's offense, like, defense like yeah he's he's Sabonis instigated the whole thing because it literally like like this whole like the response was too excessive is like bro in that moment like if you I'm like all all of you right now are just like this this this, like I am not about to sit here and defend everything Draymond does because I know Draymond does some extra shit but like this all like nah he should definitely be suspended i'm like yo this shit is karen energy it's karen energy because i'm like yo niggas be like 
ready to fight because they bumped you in the club. Like, like y'all be ready to fight over less stuff. And you right, tell right. me some person pulling on your leg and you're not going to respond with no kind of physicality? All right, come on. And the thing is, he got a flagrant two and he got ejected. Exactly. Seven minutes left in the game. Potentially, if he plays the rest of the game, the Warriors win. So that's exactly. his punishment the right there. Already been applied. Right. People talking about one, two games. I just said, and I mean, I was just very surprised by the number of people who, you know, I I'm saw not. calling for this. I'm not, because I see the type of people that's doing it. I was like, oh, really? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, it just, you know, it was, it was whatever to me, yo. I said, you know, it, it was just, I was like, I, I said, you know, I, I, I text someone. I said, I've never been more certain now that they're gonna win this series than I am after last. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, I didn't say who asked that question. It's at Black Girl Flow, um, Chef Curry. Spelled C-U-R-I-E. Um, so there you go. That's what we thought of Mike Brown's uh, presser comments and a little bit more. But um, do you think it was a part of their plan to bait Dre? And like, people are saying this, and I don't, I don't think so. I don't really think that they came in with some plan to bait him. I just think that's who Sabonis is. And like, there's a lot of stuff, especially in the playoffs. Like, look, they all do it. We know... You know, you're grabbing, you're touching people up, you're, you're doing little things. So we know everyone's trying to get away with little stuff. We we get that, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, come on, bro. You grabbing his leg. So I don't, you know, I don't think they went in with, like, oh, let's try to, like, get under Draymond's skin. And, I, you know, I don't, like, there may not be any additional anything that happens to Sabonis. But, like, I still don't think the league is going to think it's okay that he was holding on to his leg like that. So, and, you know, and then Dre called it out that, like, Monk did it, you know, the night before. So, there's going to be more eyes on this stuff now, you know, mm-hmm. because so much attention. So, to me, I'm like, yeah, I think they're going to maybe, like, calm down with some of that a little bit. Because now there's going to be much more scrutiny. And they're not going to get the home cooking in Golden State. Like, that's not happening, you know, at right. Chase. So, you know, we'll we'll see how the next game goes. Um, the other question that Black Girl Flow had was, uh, you know, now that um, that's all happened, um, how much do you think Mike Brown's familiarity with the Warriors really affected the first two games? Definitely affected it, right, Justin? Yeah, I think for sure he knows. I mean, everybody in the league knows that Draymond and Looney aren't really looking to score but Mike Brown knows what to look for off those actions when Steph and Clay are running around and all that type of stuff and they're kind of stepping in those passing lanes um, doubling off of Draymond all those type of stuff um, so yeah he definitely knows he also knows to take advantage of Jordan on defense and they gotta they gotta make the adjustment for sure in those two departments because Mike is out coaching Steve so far Yep. Um, the next question we addressed on the last pod, so I don't think we're going to spend too much time on it. Um, but it's uh, from Best At It Twenty Seven is the handle. The name is Apex Warriors. Shout out to you. Um, what's y'all thought on Kerr 
instead of using instead of grooming Moody into to being playoff ready during the season, instead giving Lamb all those minutes. Um, and I think we just said like, this is why you don't do that because some of the things that the mistakes that we saw Moody make, which we we both thought that he was relatively fine with little things, but those little things probably wouldn't have occurred if he would have been getting the reps during the season because right now you're not playing um, Lamb. So we think it's stupid. Well, I'm going to say I think it's stupid. Justin doesn't really call names and things like that, but we, we don't think that it makes a lot of sense. Um, and this is, this is definitely one of the reasons why. Um, and then why didn't the Warriors go after a big, like, a Dwight? I don't think they should have gone after Dwight, but I think we, we, we both think that there were some bigs they should have gone after. We talked about it ad nauseum, <laughs> you know, throughout the season. And basically what it comes down is to hubris. Hubris yeah. and also pocket watching. Like, they didn't want to spend money. And, like, there's just an arrogance that starts from the top with Warriors ownership. And, you know, I think the players would have definitely appreciated another body. I don't know where Steve Kerr landed on it. But there is a, a, a level of arrogance that is from the top down on this team. And it comes out in different aspects. So with the players, it's how you see them on the court right now. With Steve Kerr, it's this insistence to make it harder than it has to be, right? Like I saw a tweet from Jason Maples today about you're going to see a lot of pick and roll from Curry next game. That's probably correct, right? We said that, right? Like put him on ball. Like you got to put stuff on the ball. And we go through this. It's an annual tradition, like, we got to go down, we got to lose, our backs got to get up against the wall before they just do what works. Because Steve Kerr wants to prove he's a genius and that his system works, you know? And mm-hmm. I would actually say of all things, the whole, like, people have caught up to the Warriors system. On some level, they really have. They know, not fully, but they, you know, depending on the team, I get it that Mike Brown knows them a little bit more, but it's just like, Certain teams can play the passing lanes. They're not going to guard Dre. Like, they're going to blow up certain actions. And, you know, it's just like, but no, it's like the system. Or it's the arrogance and I'm not going to play Steph 40 minutes after he's had a week off, you Mm -hmm. know, in game one. Those are the kinds of, that's the kind of arrogance that it comes out for with Kerr. And it's the arrogance of ownership why they're like, oh, no, we're just going to win with what we have um, because we've been doing it, not realizing that there's reasons why it may not be as effective now as it was before. And so it's arrogance, hubris, but that's why they didn't go after a big. Yeah. I'll say it's a combination of definitely, like you said, um, pocket watching too. the arrogance. Is Steve Kerr going to play a big, somebody who hasn't been there to, to learn their system and then um, I do think the absence of Wiggins for that extended period, it kind of forced their hand to sign Anthony Lamb because he was a, a wing body. Um, so I would say those four things all played a, all played a part That's for sure. Good point. Really good point. Um, what did you think? This comes from Michael Askew, a.k.a. Skew. 
The handle is Vark Angel 80. Uh, what did you think of the lineups? I'm assuming this means in the last game or maybe just throughout the series. Pool being hurt sucked, but I thought the substitutions were better this game. Mm. <laughs> I'm not too down. I still got us in six games. So, Justin, how did you feel about the lineups between from game one to game two? I think they improved because Wiggins played. He started, right. played right. more. Yes. Steph played more. Clay played more. You know what I mean? So the lineups are going to be better when your best players play more minutes. Um, I do think the beginning of the second quarter is – I do think going forward, Jordan, Dante, and Clay lineups have to stop. I don't think they're good enough defensively. Dante's given up too much size. Jordan's Why are we doing three-guard lineups, though, that – like, that only works to the extent that it does work with Steph. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> right. Because defensively, Steph is like a wing, right? Like he doesn't guard point of attack, but he's a pretty good wing defender. Like most six, seven, six, eights can't really bully him like that. So it's on defense, at least, it's not really like a three guard lineup with him. But with Jordan, he's a true guard and he's not a good guard defender. So it's it's tough. Um, Dante is going to be at the point of attack, but he's like he has his limitations and Clay has his limitations. So I don't think those three should be on the court together anymore. But other than that, I think the lineups are mostly fine. I think they can definitely uh, mix and match them a little bit better. Um, just surround Jordan with more pieces that allows him to play to his strengths, that limits that limits his weaknesses, which is Steph, Draymond, and probably Wiggins more, or Gary. Yeah, I was going to ask about that, because what are your thoughts? Their best lineup seems to be the one that doesn't include Loon, but puts GP2 um, with the other four starters in place of Loon. Mm -hmm. um, do you think that's something Kerr would start with or just maybe go to it really early? Um, I think he would definitely finish with it. Um, I'm not sure if he'd start it. I think he sh might, he should at this point. Uh, I think Loon and Dre both on the court at the same time is just creating too much congestion offensively. Um, when you put Gary down there in a dunker spot, it just opens up another avenue for him to have a lob thread or a dump down thread for the finish. And then obviously defensively, Wiggins and GP2 together um, are really potent uh, on the ball. So I would like that. I would like that uh, lineup to start and finish the games. And then you could just stagger Loon and Draymond a little bit more. You know, it would help. So. Yeah. With regard to Poole um, being hurt, you know, Clay said he's basically playing on, like, I don't know, what did he say? He, he made a comment. Foot. What was it? A half a foot. A half a foot. I sort of, like, just rolled my eyes at it. I mean – if it's that bad, then why is he playing? And I, I didn't feel like last night his injury was causing <laughs> those right. mistakes. So it's like, I, it's fair when you say Steph was injured in 2016 because you could see his lateral motion was limited. There were things that he was just physically compromised from doing. Him being physically compromised, no, didn't um, 
him throwing a bad pass is not a result of him being injured, right? There's things that are a result of you being injured and there's just things that you're doing that are not like right. And um, I think most of Jordan's like issues last game had very little to do with his injury, but I know his teammates are going to defend him, but I wasn't moved by that. That's how I felt about that. Yeah. Mental mistakes. That's all I'm saying. Mental mm. mistakes. Okay. Well, let's let's move on to some other questions. Mm-hmm. From Sagun. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. S-E-G-U-N. Are you surprised, Justin, that JK, Jonathan Kaminga, and Dante, uh, DiVincenzo, have been largely unplayable in this series? Also something we touched on um, in our last episode. So really, you guys should listen to that to get the details detailed. But what's the high level here, Justin? Um. I think based on the lineups that they are playing those two in, like I just said, Steph, I mean, Clay plus JP plus Dante plus Kaminga, that doesn't work. So when you watch that, sure, that that's not surprising that that lineup's getting killed out there. Um, I did think JK was going to have more of an impact this series as far as an interior finisher because the Kings are not that great defensively. And I do think he still can, but... Uh, it's just something about the King's ball movement and player movement that he gets a little mixed up in. Um, and his his best attribute as a defender is being able to stick on one guy and just kind of like stay in front of that guy. Whereas the Kings just move their players around so much as he gets lost a little bit. And he hasn't been rebounding well. He hasn't been crashing the boards and just kind of looking like the super athlete that he is. Um, so that's disappointing, but not necessarily surprising considering he's still pretty young. And he's had his clear strengths and weaknesses up to this point in his career that we all know about. Um, and the Kings kind of exploit those. So it's not really surprising. Okay. Yeah. And I think Dante played well in the first game. He just didn't play well in the second game. And he just didn't get like much run after that first stint. So. Agreed. One thing um, else, by the way, about lineups. I don't want to see lineups with Jermichael Green. I don't want to see Jermichael Green on the court. So, it's just... <laughs> My man played one possession and fouled immediately. <laughs> and then Curb was like, yeah, you you right back out, bro. But <laughs> like, what are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> um, keep it moving. Uh, Kerr needs to dial down his arrogance. Play your players enough to give your team a chance to win. I think we agree with that. We agree. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Thank you. Uh, Here we have another question. If Dre gets any sort of suspension, it'll be hard to overcome. The homestand is season defining. Well, based on the reports, it does not seem that Dre is going to be getting suspended, um, likely getting a fine, but that's probably chump change for him. So, you know, um, I know they don't like getting fined and spending their money, but, you know, I'm just curious to see if there's going to be anything else that actually comes down for Sabonis. 
Like, no one's talking about that, but, because, I mean, he only got hit with the tech, but I kind of thought that should have been a flagrant one. Mm-hmm. It's unnecessary and excessive. Yeah, but I guess because, you know, he got hit, he probably won't, but um, I was, I, I Justin, I'm not going to lie to you, I was a little nervous. I mean, I didn't think that they would, but I'm just like, I didn't There's think Drake was going to get suspended. And so, and look, the league will say they didn't suspend him. They just issued, you know, uh, uh, another flagrant or they converted to a flagrant. But the thing about it is that you knew by doing that what the outcome would be. And you did something that wasn't called on the court. But like at the time, you know, like, you know, it just. They suspended. I mean, I really, I really truly will net to this day believe that they did that because the Warriors were up 3-1. I think they did that because they were like, oh, it's not going to really affect the series like that. If anything, we get an extra game. And, you know, um, but that's the thing. You can't um, foresee all the other injuries and things that will happen. So this yeah. one decision, you know, changed the course of history in my opinion so you know just because of that you know as a Warriors fan I'm so triggered from that because I mean I always tell people I was at that game four I I was there when they went up 3-1 and I remember leaving I bumped into some people from NBA TV and they saw me wearing my Warriors gear and they were just like oh you must be feeling good right now right and I was like I am like I just knew the Warriors were about to win. I, I mean, I just... 2016, man, I don't like to relive that at all. Like, oh, yeah. people tell me that they went back and they watched Game 7. I'm like, why? I've never looked at that game again, ever. Ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> Even when it when shit come up, like a, like a highlight, a random highlight or something, I'm like, get this shit out of here. Out of here. I, like... <laughs> Traumatic. Traumatic. So I was just like, I really was like a little like, yo, are they going to suspend him for this? So I was really glad to see that news today because I didn't want that to be something that was looming, um, you know, for the next couple of days. Right. Um, until they play again. Tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. Next question from our guy Adele. Should the Warriors switch up their coverage on Fox and trap him more? I think they should. Up like throw a few. And I think we we we, we said that as well um in the last podcast. Like show him some other coverages and you know, because this is the reason why people think that he's outplaying stuff. And not that that's the reason they should do it, but it's just like, you know. You might want to slow him down a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. And for the most part, early in the game, I mean, before Jamon got tossed, they were containing him very well in his drives. Um, Sabonis is a good screen setter, but Wiggins kind of goes under those screens, and then Draymond will do like a, a soft trap, right, where he's just like directly in front of Fox until Wiggins can get back in front. And they both have enough length and size that it makes it tough for uh, Fox to just throw that pass over the top. And it kind of stifles Fox. We've seen him multiple times. Like, he just got in the paint and he just didn't have anywhere to go. So, he had to throw it back out. 
or he tried to like um, get around Wiggins one time, got a hooking foul, offensive foul call. So that that really throws him off a little bit. But what doesn't throw him off is the drop coverage that they run when it's Looney instead of Draymond defending, and he's just walking into mid range, open mid ranges and floaters. So specifically when it's Looney, they should probably try that Draymond esque coverage, even though he isn't as quick on his feet as Draymond is. Yeah. But just yeah, just step up a little bit higher for Looney and just live with the results, make him pass it to Sabonis and then have somebody come over from the weak side and try to help on that. But they can't let Fox get cooking because if he gets cooking, then some of those twos are going to turn into threes where none of Sabonis's twos are going to turn into threes. So right. I'd rather get cooked by Sabonis than Fox. Right. Um, next question is from our girl, Nikki face. Hypothetically, if we're down 10, the dubs, that is, which lineup would you like to see regain the lead? And is that the same lineup you want closing the game? So thank you for the question, Nikki Face. I think we talked about which lineup we might like to see close, right? It's basically GP2 in place of um, Loon. So with respect to like if they're down um, double digits or, you know, there's a lead that they need to try to come back from, is that the same lineup you want out there? For sure. That is the lineup. I mean, to answer the first question, which lineup would I like to see regain the lead? Whichever lineup that can do it. But I think I feel most confident in that lineup doing it. Okay. Um, oh, look at this. We talked about this um, sort of at the beginning, and I really didn't realize this question was here. But Zach has controlled the pace, and our lack of cohesiveness seems to be exposed. What do you think we need to do to fix that? Take care of the ball. <laughs> literally like i said earlier they're they are getting out and running more than the warriors because they have more opportunities to the warriors are turning the ball over more um and the type of turnovers that the warriors are given are the live ball ones that you can just run straight down into a fast break where even though sacramento also had nine turnovers in the first quarter of last game a lot of them were like Offensive fouls, out of bounds, stuff like that, where the ball stops and you got to break it out. So, right. Do not turn the ball over live. That'll do it. Um, I mean, we've talked a lot about adjustments already, but this next question is top three key adjustments needed to close out the series. So, of some of the things that we've said they should do, whether it's the lineup changes with putting um gp2 in or whether it's showing some different coverages uh to fox anything else we talked about are any of those your top three key adjustments we talked about not turning over the ball um Mm -hmm. or is there something else what would you consider the top three key adjustments needed to close out the series with aw Um, (laughs) (laughs) i would definitely lean into playing that lineup with Gary Moore. It doesn't have to start, but they got to play it more and they should close with it. Two is just overall more focus. So that includes um, taking care of the ball. That includes taking better shots. That includes making layups because they missed a few layups (laughs) last game too. Um, And then definitely switching up that drop coverage on Fox because he's just walking into open shots and that, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. So uh, those would be my top three. 
Yeah, so I think um, you mentioned like focus and said so that includes like just the shots. So I guess like, yeah, because I mean, within that, one of the things I would just like to see them do is utilize wigs more. Um, mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to be like him taking degrees. Like, I just want him more going downhill, posting up, you know, Mm -hmm. things like that, getting some easier buckets. Um, I would really like to see that happen because I just, I think in this series, I mean, obviously, I I think Clay will shoot and do what he needs to. And he's, for the most part, been decent, you know, um, defensively. But I just think that wigs as like an element here that's really needed um mm-hmm. his athleticism his ability to defend he need, he needs to get us some more boards you know like they need to get back to rebounding as a team you know and doing it by committee and so but he's he's a key part of that he is a key part of that he should be getting five six post-ups a game easy especially if they're gonna put fox or monk on him it should be a bucket every time he posted Fox up once, got an easy layup. And I think he drove from the wing once and got an easy layup on Fox. He's too small. And he's exerting a lot of energy running their offense and trying to follow Steph and, and guard Steph all the time. So the moment he gets put on Wiggs, it should be give Wiggs the ball in the post. Oh, and there you go. That's one of my top key adjustments. And that's uh, put the ball in Steph's hands and let the man go do what he needs to do. <laughs> sure. To run more pick and roll. <laughs> definitely they're generating a lot of good offense off that pick and roll so yeah um okay um from ld um assuming two home wins what's the game plan for game five i mean let's just be careful not to look too much ahead because i don't like to do that but we we've talked about this a little bit too on the last pod so go ahead justin i'll let you have it yeah, I mean, I would say it's all the things we were already just talking about. Like, I think their game plan for game two was pretty spot on. They locked Sacramento up in the first quarter. They just turned the ball over too much. So if you do that, you know, limit the threes from the Herders and the Keegan Murrays and the Malik Monks and, you know, discourage threes from Harrison Barnes. But you want Davion Mitchell shooting jumpers, you know, not – wide wide open but you want him to shoot jumpers you want darren fox shooting long threes instead of mid-ranges and that'll be the bulk of your defense and that should be enough to stop them from getting 130 125 you know and then on the other end take care of the ball they can't guard you simple as that put the ball in steph's hands they're going to trap him majority of those possessions draymond and looney make good decisions with the ball wiggins post up then boom cut to the basket lay it up it can't guard you. Simple as that. Simple as that. Um, okay. This uh, next question we also sort of already touched on earlier. Um, why was Sabonis just issued a tech? Shouldn't that have been a foul and a tech? I think probably a flagrant foul is what they're asking. Um, or no, just a foul, a personal foul. Like a personal foul, yeah. Yeah. I'm not really sure of that rule, to be honest. That makes sense, though. But I think he should have gotten a flagrant too. Yeah, not flagrant 
two, number two. Right, like T-O-O. Also. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree on that. But that's just, I don't know. I guess we got to go to Secaucus about why that why that <laughs> wasn't a personal foul in that tech. Um, final question. It's time for a new system around Steph. What type of system maximizes Steph at this stage in his career? Um, and this is from Trapanese 01, because Trapanese 01 feels motion is getting hard with two non-scoring threats starting. Hmm. I mean, I think Steph at this point in his career can play in any system, right? So as far as a system that maximizes Steph individually, um, obviously a spread offense with like a lob threat and other shooters around him where he can just like pretty much dice you up one-on-one, you know, all the time. But that's not always going to win you a championship. You know what I mean? I do think the formula for Steph in this Warriors team that they've had for this decade, it works, right? But I think this year, they dropped the ball on like some of the roster building things as far as getting some bigs in there and just having them uh, more size and length defensively, because it's pretty much been like, give them just enough size defensively that they can be an elite defensive team. And then Steph is going to figure out the offense because he's that good of an offensive player. Like there's not one situation you can put him in where he's uncomfortable offensively. He's always going to make it work. And that's just, it is what it is. So I think it's more so about maximizing the warrior ceiling because Steph is going to be Steph regardless. So I don't think they need to change the system. They just need to tweak a few things and make sure the roster fits what they, what they really want to do. So. Yeah. There you have it. A comprehensive uh, responses to your questions. So I I think we got one more. Oh, we do? At the top. At the top. DJ, did you see it? You see it? No, I don't. Okay, Sorry, I, I didn't read it. Uh, it's from DJ Nib J. It's, it's more of a comment, but uh, he said after the after a defensive rebound slash a Warriors miss, the Kings are scoring at a pace of one point three points per possession, and are averaging ten seconds per possession. So they're scoring a lot and they're doing it fast. They're running a fast break on offense after we miss. If we stop the ball after we miss, we can win the game. In the half court, their efficiency is 89. I'm assuming 89 uh, per 100, like offensive rating, which is terrible. Super low. So that's what he said. I agree. Mike Brown knows you got to push the pace. And every time the Warriors turn it over or miss, the Kings are just pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. So um, get back on defense. (laughs) Stop the ball early, get back on defense. It's hard to stop Fox in transition because he's so fucking fast. I've literally been on the court with him trying to stop him in transition, and he is extremely fast. So, um, yeah. Humble brag, brag, right? Uh, Yeah. That's as simple as that. You keep them in the half court as much as possible, they're not going to score a lot. Right. And that's, that's just it. That's one thing they have in common with Memphis. Right. I mean, in general, it's just hard to score in a half court in the NBA. Teams are so good on defense. Right. Like, <laughs> there's so many athletes and stuff out there. 
that's why the Warriors got to do a better job of forcing them into misses and pushing on their end too. So, yeah. Well, all right. Justin, this has been fun. Yeah. People, I hope you've enjoyed. We've done our best <laughs> to answer your questions. Um, you know, dubs, it's go time. So thank you for tuning in. If you if you did miss our last episode, we did a recap <laughs> of of game two. Um, some of the stuff we got into more into more detail and, and more. So you can check that out. And then also I hope you enjoyed this mailbag. We answered your questions and we'll be back after game three, which is on Thursday, right? Yep. So we'll be back after game three, guys. So hopefully this is enough to put to, to marinate and we will see what happens. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you leave us a five-star rating and give us a positive review. Make sure you're following on Twitter and Instagram at Golden Spaces Pod. Share. Tell people about it. Give us feedback. Continue to engage with us in the mailbag. Do it all. We, we, we really appreciate you. Until next time, this is Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast with Justin and Matt. Take care.